Welcome to the All Things Work podcast from the Society for Human Resource Management. I'm your host, Tony Lee, Head of Editorial Operations here at SHRM. Thank you for joining us. All Things Work is an audio adventure during which we talk with HR thought leaders and tastemakers to give you an insider's perspective on all things work. Joining me today is Robin Jasuthason. Robin is a globally recognized thought leader on the future of work and human capital and is one of the world's most influential consultants working with Willis Towers Watson Talent Management in Chicago. He's led numerous research efforts on the global workforce, the emerging digital economy, and the transformation of work, as well as many large-scale global restructuring and transformation engagements for his clients. Robin was the lead partner for the World Economic Forum's groundbreaking study, Shaping the Future Implications of Digital Media for Society, and he's a regular participant and presenter at the World Economic Forum's annual meetings in Davos and Tianjin. He's spoken to audiences and media all over the world, and now he's been kind enough to join us on All Things Work. Robin, welcome to the program. How's that for a build-up? My apologies to the audience for, have, for them having to endure that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we want to make it sound like it's worth their time to listen, and, and clearly <laughs> having you on is certainly that. Um, well, so this well, I week's... certainly appreciate it. <laughs> Great. So this week's All Things Work focuses on jobs of the future, and you're quoted as saying that as computers take over more and more tasks, human oversight will become increasingly important, not, you know, not necessary. So why do you think humans will still be as necessary as that when computers are doing most of the work? So I don't know if computers are going to be doing most of the work. Um, you know, what we've seen over the course of the last four industrial revolutions and maybe 250 years of work is that automation does, does three things to the tasks and work. Uh, it sub- certainly substitutes uh, many tasks. In the past, these were many sort of mechanical tasks. Increasingly with AI, these are white-collar and cognitive tasks. But it also, more than it substitutes, automation also augments uh, a heck of a lot more tasks, and it also creates demand for new types of human tasks. So I think the picture is far more nuanced than I think many of the headlines would suggest. And, and again, we've seen this play out over many decades of automation being brought to bear on work. So it sounds like it takes kind of more soft skills on the human side to manage this transformation than it does technical skills. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I do think we're going to see, and we're starting to see that, in fact, um, increased prominence of called soft skills, um, particularly as, as you think of automation substituting a lot of highly repetitive, rules-based, cognitive work that is often performed independently. Um, and you, what you're starting to see is an increased premium for the human-to-human interaction, an increased premium on creativity, the ability to communicate and engage with empathy, those things where the machine isn't quite ready to sort of substitute, uh, but perhaps could augment. Um, so, yeah, you are seeing kind of a shift in skill premiums, and I suspect that will accelerate in the coming years. So uh, I'm a recruiter, and I'm looking for this talent that I'm going to want to invest in, uh, that I'm going to want to keep as current as possible in the years ahead. One of the things you've said is that the most critical skill as part of this industrial revolution is learnability. How do you, first of all, what is learnability? And, and second, how do you identify it? 
And, you know, so, so this is some of what we're seeing in this work that you referenced uh, in the introduction that we're doing with the World Economic Forum. Um, this idea of skills as the current of the labor market. And there's, there's a great piece of uh, research that we just published that is available on that website. But uh, learnability is, is, is sort of a composite skill, right? It's made up of a number of things, including curiosity, uh, inc- including the ability to adapt, uh, the ability to see connections be- between one domain and another. I, I think as more and more automation comes into the workplace, as the pace of work increasingly accelerates, the only way talent is going to stay relevant if they ha- do, in fact, have that curiosity, if they do, in fact, have that ability and desire to want to retool and reskill themselves. So that as as one set of work options perhaps diminishes, or as, as another set perhaps changes with augmentation from automation, and new ones uh, come about, that talent can in fact um, retool itself to stay relevant. We've even heard from some organisations who've said they're actually hiring talent for roles that haven't yet been created, and the way they're doing that is by identifying talent who can stay relevant in a whole variety of different uh, work scenarios. So again, if I'm a recruiter trying to identify folks who I think will have this innate ability to learn, I'm not looking at their degrees, probably, and I'm not looking at their ability to code effectively. I'm looking at their willingness to learn. And, and how do I do that? How, what do I look for to know that I'm, I'm hiring the right person? Oh, I think you're going to be looking at some of these component skills that I talked about, right? So does that person have a track record of reinventing themselves? Are they curious about things within their domain as well as elsewhere? Uh, do they have the ability to see connections um, between work that they're doing in one area and work that may be emerging in others? Those would be just, you know, some of the skills that make up this, this notion of, of sustainability or, or learning agility, as, as others have called it. But there are many organizations, including ourselves, who have some great assessment tools out there to help organizations assess and identify talent who sort of fit that profile. Okay. So so let's shift to a different aspect of HR. Instead of the recruiting side, I now have current employees who you know, are faced with potentially having their jobs either eliminated or just changed in such dramatic fashion that they'll have to change what they do. What's the best best method of reskilling, retraining these folks? I mean, it's a kind of a learning and development component that many companies may not really be prepared for. Absolutely, and, and in fact, this is probably going to be the most significant challenge for organizations: is having um, the having reskilling really takes in a stage in your overall talent experience. In many organizations, there are other things about the deal that takes out a stage. It could be great pay, could be the free meals in in a tech company. Um, But increasingly, I think, organizations are going to need to emphasize the the opportunity to to reskill oneself as part of their value proposition and making it central. I think with that reskilling comes a whole new set of new investments and new ways of thinking about how do I get people retooled as quickly as possible and in as engaging a manner as possible because the types of things that you and I might have gone through in school are wholly unsuitable for today's sort of adult and, and workforce. And so we're seeing lots of organizations do interesting things like uh, using VR, uh, virtual reality and augmented reality, 
to enable reskilling in a compelling way that sort of actually builds real skills as opposed to just theoretical knowledge. Um, opportunities to learn in bite-sized chunks uh, in, in uh, both during work hours and, and after work hours, um, but making it more of a shared responsibility between the organization and the individual um, is going to be increasingly critical. I will say, though, um, you know, very often when we talk about reskilling, the, the, the conversation often stops at, you know, what's the intervention, what's the gap between the skills the individual has today and the ones you want them to have in the future. I've seen, um, uh, and, and we saw this in a number of uh, examples, as my co-author John Boudreau and I were um, writing our last book, Reinventing Jobs, that it's not just the skill gaps that are important. The will gap is equally important. Um, and when I say will gap, it's, you know, I think it's this recognition that particularly for those of us in the developed world, the old deal was one of I learn, I do, I retire. And it was one predicated on much stability. Well, the new deal is one of continuous learning. I learn, I do, I learn, I do. And, and that's not a deal that many people have signed up for. And in fact, I've lost count of the number of times I've had, you know, people working on oil rigs, people working on manufacturing floors, or even in white collar roles say, you know, I get that my work is going to be more engaging. It's going to be more exciting once we, once we bring on this automation. And I appreciate that you're going to re, uh, re, give me the opportunity to acquire new skills, but that's not what I signed up for. You know, that's not the deal. I don't want to go back and retool myself for the next three to four months. Uh, one gentleman said to me, I hated school. That's why I'm on the oil rig. And now you're telling me I've got to go acquire these mechanical and electrical engineering skills over the next four months. You know, it's not for me. Fascinating point. Of course, an economic downturn may change their thinking pretty quickly. Um, but so, And you hit on something else here. Um, I think a lot of listeners may assume that we're talking initially about blue-collar jobs, you know, the, the hospitality person who's replaced by a kiosk or the long-haul truck driver who's replaced by an automated autonomous vehicle. But you're not. I mean, you're talking about accountants. I mean, you're talking about a lot of white-collar professions, right? Absolutely. And in fact, those are the professions that are going to be most disrupted because much of the advances in AI or cognitive automation are actually disrupting um, highly technical work that is, that is, being, that is rule-based, that is often performed independently and often very analytical in nature. By some estimates, we're going to see more change in, account, in the accounting profession over the next five years than we've seen over the previous 500. Wow. And I'm sure the accountants are ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, I, I don't think I, that profession will be really disrupted, but it's not going away. Um, but, it, but its skill premiums are going to shift pretty dramatically from much of the analytical, repetitive work to increasingly, the, uh, and I, I don't say this in, in a, you know, to be cute at all, but you know, the, the work that's going to require creativity, not to fudge the books or anything, but... <laughs> The creativity in telling a story, the ability to engage multiple stakeholders around the numbers, the ability to sort of translate the data into broader concepts and actually hold multiple uh, concepts in mind at the same time. I think you're going to see a real shift in premium um, as that profession, you know, uh, retools and reinvents itself. So 
I'm an HR director, let's say, at a, a you know 500 employee accounting firm somewhere. What's my role? I mean, is it is it workforce planning? Is it you know sitting with the CEO and the CFO to try and explain the changes that are coming? All of the above. What's your advice there? I think I honestly do believe that if we seize the opportunity, we have 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 the ability to sort of make this the golden age of HR. I, I think what is going to be demanded by organizations is a fundamental rethink of work. And I think underpinning that, if we see this opportunity, is, is are the following shifts. HR shifting from being largely a steward of employment and jobs to increasingly being a steward of work. HR sitting alongside business leaders and helping them orchestrate this new ecosystem for work where it's not just work being done by employees, but work being done by potentially eight different means for work, including AI and robotics, gig workers, um, volunteers, alliances, uh, outsourcers, etc. cetera. Um, and HR actually curating the optimal talent experience for every person who touches the mission and purpose of the enterprise. I think there's going to be such great demand to sort of re-envision work. And, and HR, if it seizes the opportunity, is just beautifully placed to do that. But it's going, to, it's going to call for some very different skills and, and a pretty radical rethink of the function and the profession. Have you seen any examples, any case studies of HR stepping up already to take on that role? Oh, yeah, I, I, we definitely have. I can't talk about individual companies, but we have seen examples of truly progressive CHROs in the tech sector, uh, truly progressive CHROs in pharmaceuticals and retail where they are, in fact, stepping up to this challenge of, of helping business leaders orchestrate this new ecosystem for work, helping business leaders rethink, you know, how exactly work should be done and helping them navigate, you know, the, the cost, capability, risk and other um, uh, sort of outcomes associated with their various choices about how, how work gets done. So we've certainly seen some great examples, but, but I do think it has to move beyond the heroic efforts of one or two supermen or superwomen to a more systemic change for the function and the profession. And that, I think, I, that is still to come, I believe. But it sounds like, I mean, unless you're just a naturally optimistic person, it sounds like you're fairly optimistic about the role of HR moving forward. I think it's a huge opportunity. Um, I think I've seen evidence of individuals grabbing the opportunity um, what I'm hopeful of is that it won't be just one or two individuals. I'm hopeful that it'll be it'll, that this is mainly just the start of a broader sea change for this function and this profession. Well, that's that's wonderful feedback and great insight. Thank you so much. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of All Things Work. A big thank you to Ravin Jasudasan for joining me and discussing the future of work. Before we get out of here, I want to encourage everyone to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're at it, be sure to give us a five-star rating and leave a review because if you're an HR professional, you know how important feedback is. Also, be sure to check out Sherm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you can find all of our episodes and more podcasts on our website at sherm.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on All Things Work.